Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. What's good? It's Big Sue, and I'm hanging out with my girl, Ina Esco. We're going to chop it up about everything. You hear me? Everything on the Verbally Effective Podcast. What's up? It's your girl, Devin Dion. The life of the party always get it started, and you already know I'm rocking with the Verbally Effective Podcast and Ina Esco. Hey, hey, it's Ina Esco, the host of the Verbally Effective Podcast. You guys know this is the pod that intersects art, culture, politics, entertainment, with a Memphis flair. And uh, you heard me say entertainment because we're going to get all into the entertainment side of Memphis today. Let's jump right in. I got my girl in the building with me, the founder of Exclusive Memphis. And I know she heavily focuses on marketing, promotions. She's been in the game for about 11 years. We're going to talk about her journey. She has just recently been selected for Forbes for the culture. Uh, She has Airbnbs, venues, girls, gifts, goals, conferences, coming up what's up laquita jones look gloomy saturday but all is well yes have you gone to barbecue fest yet i have not been to barbecue fest but i did do the music festival how was it i didn't go who did you see uh big boogie oh he oh now i've seen him perform before now he puts a show on on the show have not seen glorilla how was she she puts on the show as well okay Uh, finesse two times okay how was he Different. Like, nice show. Okay. Money bag. You know, I'm a bag girl. So Okay. Come on, you know, bag. It was you no know, Memphis homegrown. I'm all for the team. Yes. And and you know, it now it's back on Riverside at the newly renovated Tom Lee Park. How Correct. was that festival there? Uh, it was very different. They've made a lot of renovations. I think uh one of the things that people, you know, most notably would notice like all the grass, kinda like the muddy situation is kinda resolved. Mm-hmm. Uh it's right on the river, so you know the nice breeze, the yeah. backdrop. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I had stopped by Barbecue Fest on Thursday evening and you know, like I guess from a logistics standpoint, it's a better setup than it was before, right? right? And it hadn't rained yet, but I know they caught some rain last night. So I'm wondering how did they go? Because they are very particular about how we're going to manage this park going forward. Exactly. I think it's going to also open doors for us to get other types of festivals and venues mm-hmm. with a new setup. I think it's going to put Memphis in a new uh, arena of marketing for that. It definitely looked like it, though. Like, you know, it, it gives that vibe. I don't know if it's Coachella vibes quite. Not quite. Yet, not yet. Just outside. We outside. <laughs> we back outside <laughs> vibes off of Riverside. I love it because I've been waiting for all the construction to be over downtown. So we back. But Laquita, let's talk about the beginning of your journey. Where are you originally from? What part of Memphis? Born and raised in Memphis, South Memphis. To be South exact. Memphis. A uh, little bit around Tree and Lauderdale. Mecklenburg okay, Lake. you're right by LLC. Okay. Carver High School, girl. So. Carver High. Tell me about Carver High growing up. It's the school. Um, <laughs> growing up in Carver, of course, is not, you know, one of the most prestige or, you know, the high end. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of challenges, a lot of pick and choose your battles. But, you know, got mm-hmm. through it. And, you know, team mom, things like that, challenges that you kind of mm-hmm. go through when you're in those environments. But other than that, you know, educational-wise, I came out on top of the class, newsletter, honor society. Mm-hmm. So I kept the my head on straight. 
But, yeah. you know, time we all kind of get off paths, you know, so a little yeah. bit of here and there. I had a lot of uh, classmates at LeMoyne that went to Carver High School. Oh, they love Carver, honey. Wrapped it all day. Red and white. <laughs> okay, so Laquita, did you have like a bug back then for marketing and promotions while at Carver? Like, did you no. some kind of feel for it? No, my career path was healthcare, uh, pediatrician. I wanted to go to school to be a pediatrician. Why? I had this love and this kind of care and compassion for people, mm-hmm. little people. Um, and I just always thought this is what I want to do. I'm the oldest of eight, so taking care of my oldest little. Oldest of eight? Wow. Sisters and brothers was kind of like naturally. So okay. I wanted to continue that path. Okay. And you said you were a teen mom. Right. Um, graduating from Carver. Did you even get into the healthcare side? I did get into the healthcare side. So, um yeah, as a teen mom, of course, that halted the pediatrician journey mm-hmm. because, the, you know, I couldn't take the baby with me. Mm-hmm. So my mom was one of those moms, you take your baby wherever you go. Gotcha. So I had to reroute that. So I ended up doing uh, University of Memphis, Methodist School of Nursing. So I ended up going to school uh, for LPN. I took the fast track to RN. Mm-hmm. Um, I did healthcare management. I've done clinic manager, office manager, lead phlebotomist, healthcare okay. recruiter, RNs, LPNs, OTPT speech. Um, I've taught OSHA, HIPAA, CPR, IV. Girl, you all deep into you the know, healthcare field. I did not know that. Yes. Wow. That's what paid the bills. Okay. Exclusive Memphis. And, and a wonderful um, industry to be in to pay some bills. Right. You know. Now, you did mention you are the oldest of eight. Correct. Tell me how that was growing up. Let me let me bring your mic down. I don't want you to hide your pretty she face. She said now. that she, she actually Oh, you wanted it up. up. Okay, as long as we're not hiding her pretty face. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Um, the oldest of eight. So, I mean, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, so, you know, me and my brothers, we were the caretaker of the family. We kind of was, you know, we come from some challenges and parents involved in certain things. So, gotcha. you know, we kind of took the lead. Um, so, I've always kind of been the one my sisters and brothers looked up to because we kind of provided and took care of them. So I was kind of forced at early age to get a job, things like that. Mm-hmm. Things you typically see boys do as the oldest in the house. But being the oldest girl, I kind of took the lead on that mm-hmm. and kind of got into a provider mode real, real early. So a lot of times people say I'm you know, more seasoned or older than my age. Mm-hmm. I think the old saying is like because you had to grow up a little fast. So. Right, right. Now, like as a because you were a teenager going through that, was it stressful or it was just survival mode? Like it's we got to do mode. what we got to do. I think uh, – even now, teens and teen, as a teen, then, you know, stress is not a word that we really, you know, correlate the two with what we're going through with stress. We just look at it, it something's going on. So those survivor tactics, you know, come in and, you know, I grew up around some people uh, well known in the city of Memphis. Uh, so I've seen some things. I've been some places. And I think the uh, things that I do now, the different layers of entrepreneurship come from the hustle and the hustlers mm-hmm. that I grew up around. So I'm like a female kind of hustler but the legal way yes yes now um you know before we get into exclusive memphis we kind of talked about this off the mic a bit (laughs) okay okay because i didn't know you were married before yes used to be married married for 17 years 17 years that's a long time very long time and we kind of talked about um you know because i did not even though this was a law, because I'm like Laquita Jones. So the last name, you had to keep the last name because of some type of law. Correct. And my attorney, based on what the judge told, I could not have my maiden name back because there was a minor child. 
doing a divorce. I had to keep the name until uh, that child reached of age of 18. And, and that's a whole lot in Tennessee. According to my attorney, Miss Teresa Patterson. A tyranny. <laughs> a Okay, okay. But uh, we still have the name Jones. We have it. I love it. I carry it. Because, you know, I'm a matchmaker. I'm Cupid <laughs> in these Memphis streets. Yeah. Look how she looking. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, lady. Okay, let's back up a bit because we want to talk about exclusive Memphis and how it all began because you were this whole different person. Uh, well, Laquita before exclusive Memphis. How did exclusive Memphis come about? And tell the good people on the Verbally Effective podcast what exclusive Memphis is. Okay, so Exclusive Memphis, um, of course, like I said, we just celebrated 11 years. And our focus is event promotion and entertainment news. Uh, I started Exclusive Memphis because I wanted to highlight the great things going on in and around the city. Uh, a lot of times there were a lot of, um, I guess, people saying there was not much to do or not many places to go. So I wanted to be the behind-the-scenes person to kind of highlight that. Uh, at the time, it was a hobby. Did not know it would translate years later into a business. Uh, so I started as a hobby because, you know, Memphis is a great place to work, live, and play. So that was mm -hmm. always my motto. I was always looking for things that resolved around that. I uh, started the blog, which was all positivity-based. Um, we do people that are from Memphis that or have Memphis ties or Memphis roots. Uh, and we just kind of highlight the people that are from here, the K. Michelle's, the Yo Gotti's, um, you know, the late Young Dolph, um, Isaac Hayes, people like that. So I wanted to highlight those people who were doing great things, authors, uh, the late Jerome, Eric Jerome Dickey. So I just started connecting uh, with those type of people, building those relationships. And then before you knew it, I kind of became a staple here in the Mid-South where people were looking, uh, scouting me out to actually promote their events and different things. So in this thing in a tri-state area, um, entertainment, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Arkansas, I kind of consider myself the go-to person uh, if you're coming to my city. Okay, my city. Okay, let's back up because I know you mentioned you started as a blog, right? Correct. And then you started connecting with some of these people that were making major impacts. Now, building relationships in this business is so important. Um, how was it when you first got in, though, when you first started making the connections? Because, you know, people in the industry don't always are always very responsive, it, especially when you're first starting out. Like, who are you? Like, you know what I'm saying? How so tell us <laughs> some of the challenges you face starting and trying to build your brand. Well, that answer is actually twofold. The first part of it, uh, at the time when I started Exclusive Memphis, I had minor children, mm -hmm. uh, had to be very, I know, PT. A president, different things involved in the school system. I want to be clear that I did not cross paths in kind of what I believed in and what I stood for um, with starting that because a lot of times people can take entertainment and kind of look at it in the bad way. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, being a child of God, you know, I have a strong relationship and faith. I attend church regularly. Uh, so I didn't want to cross the two up. And then the second part of that, I did not let people know that I was actually the person. So I kind of hid behind the mm. site. A lot of people thought that it was a fee I mean, a male that actually uh, ran exclusive if it's not a female. Okay. Um, and then there was some guys started taking credit uh, from my work. No. Then, How did you find that out? I think he commented uh, on like a blog post I did and was like, yeah, thank you or something. And I can't oh, remember. On your stuff. On my stuff. He <laughs> was like, hold uh, on, wait, bro. Wait <laughs> Who are you? How can I help you? Um, and so I said, it's time. So maybe a year and a half to two years in, I came from behind it. So I did everything from behind the scene for about two years. So I did not know that. Yeah. So into the second year, wow. um, 
I put the name with the face, as they say. And so that was I, strategic. That was strategic. Mm-hmm. And so then people started, you know, Mrs. Exclusive, Mrs. Exclusive. And then people just started inviting me pers- uh, places. Mm-hmm. But definitely a challenge being a female in a male-driven um, industry. Uh, definitely challenges with the hours, some of the things you see, places you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, I was still married. So you have to be careful that, you know, you ain't doing nothing that you should not be doing anything that's questionable. So I had mm-hmm. to move a certain way. But still, at the same time, keep my integrity, uh, which I think what allows me to be here 11 years later. I still, I kept my integrity in place, and I, you know, I stood for what I said I stood for. And if I said I was going to do something, I did. And if I didn't, hey, it didn't happen. And it has grown. We look a lot of things are different today than it was 11 years ago. And we're going to get more into that on the next segment of the Verbally Effective podcast with the founder of Exclusive Memphis, Laquita Jones. Hey guys, we're back on the Verbally Effective Podcast. I'm your host, Ina Esco, and today I have with me the founder of Exclusive Memphis, Laquita Jones. We've already spoken about how and the motivation behind Exclusive Memphis. Let's talk about, you know, what was going on at this time in your life, because I know you said you started it as a blog from a social media perspective. What else what tools were going on 11 years ago when you MySpace, first started? Uh, of course, we've always had email, but basically MySpace was pretty much mm-hmm. the gist of it. I think that's right before we transitioned into Facebook. So we kind Facebook. of carried over from MySpace. So were Facebook. you very heavily active on all the new platforms? Slowly but surely. Because I yeah. you know, learned that in order for me to stay relevant and to keep up with the times that I had to navigate, to, even though some of them were challenging or Look, you know, a little threatening, but you have to jump in there. And then we're having kids and sisters that I was raising that, of course, made that a little bit easier. Yeah, because they were right there helping out exactly. or were <laughs> involved exactly. in it. Exactly. They've been to a couple of <laughs> events and met some of their uh, favorites as well. Yes. Now, do you feel like, and this is something like I know a lot of women and even males have gone through in the entertainment and business um, in Memphis. Um are there gatekeepers in this entertainment industry, do you feel like? I've heard that there are gatekeepers. But for some reason, I don't feel like I've ever mm-hmm. had any gatekeepers. I'm not sure if it's because I've always been blessed to be in the right circles. Mm-hmm. But I heard a lot of people say that, you know, Memphis is real cliquish and Memphis is real gatekeeper. In my mind, I'm just saying that you haven't done the ample amount of work. Okay. Because any gate can be open and any door can be open. If you're doing what should be done or what needs to be done, people will come to you. There are countless the number of celebrities and celebrity managers who have DM'd or reached out to me directly. So if you're doing what you should be doing, you will be noticed at some point or the other. Yeah, I, I hear that often with people in this particular business. But like you said, you need to probably take it a step further. Exactly. Wow. Y'all need to call the queen. Look, call the <laughs> Look, call the queen, okay? <laughs> Look for a small fee. Brandy promotion and marketing. I got you. Okay, okay. Now, let's talk about the partnerships that you've been able to develop. Talk us through some of the relationships that you have formed with Exclusive Memphis that have really helped scale your business. Uh, Well, I've developed a lot of relationships over the years with celebrities directly as well as, you know, management companies and labels. Uh, I think the biggest thing that has scaled me is when you get to work with, like, Epic Records. Um, They have a roster of artists. 
And so it's not just one or two. A lot of times when you make connection with different managers, they manage several different artists. So if you do well with artist A, they'll put you in front of B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. So what happens is at some point or another, those people have to touch the city, whether it's a comedian, entertain, um, I'm sorry, whether it's a comedian, an actor, actress, or a rapper, at some point you have to come through the city, especially if you have a down south audience. Mm -hmm. So when you have build those relationships, you can reach out to the Epic, the Columbia Records, the Universal. Uh, I also do like advanced movie screening, so that's a partnership with uh, Universal Records. Is, I mean, yeah, Universal as well. So you build these partnerships, so over the years you nurture them and you just kind of, you know, deliver on your deliverables. Uh, whether it's a social media campaign, it's a meeting greet, uh, they need celebrity concierge. I uh, had the, you know, the pleasure of working with the coaching convention just last mm -hmm. year when they returned. Yeah, they came back. Yeah, so you'll be surprised what people reach out for in terms of services that you can connect. And then with now Exclusive Memphis now getting into more branding and marketing, a lot of times they'll reach out for things like, hey, my artist needs a system with a press kit, media kit. I, you know, help with those. I also kind of coach them on, you know, their social media, what it should and shouldn't look like, things like that. So with being 11 years, there comes a certain level of expertise. Mm -hmm. So I try to assist or lend a hand in that area. What does your team look like? Because I team. know exclusive Memphis, <laughs> you know, you can't be solo, dolo, do, doing oh, all no. these amazing. You can't be solo. Right. You got to have a team. So I have a publicist. Uh, she's been with me for about eight years. That's uh, a long time. Also, mm -hmm, I have two VAs. They kind of work behind the scene. They kind of do like my footwork, lead work, and bring me kind of like they call the draft. And then I kind of take the information from there if I need something rewritten. Uh, Bill Street Music Festival, like I give them the reels and the pictures and they kind of you know, chop it up and get it together. Uh, I also have one personal assistant, and then I have a venue manager that helps me with my day-to-day -day operations of my venue. Busy lady. Gotta stay busy. Oh, wow. And you've worked with so many celebrities. I want to do a segment with you, right? Okay. I want Laquita Jones to tell me one word that you think of when I say this particular celebrity's name okay. that you've worked with with exclusive memphis we're gonna call this one word okay so i'll say their name okay. i'll say their name and you give me the one word you can think of after having worked with them okay first lady michelle obama elegant oh i get that vibe too Classy. okay okay yo got it memphis straight memphis straight memphis dang lamar rucker Mm. This is a two word. Okay, we we'll take a two word. He's a ladies man. He sure is. Okay, Zebo. Can't use Memphis because I use that for uh, your goddess. So I just say heart. Zebo has heart. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just giving you four for one word, but um, you laid it out there like all of these celebrities. Who has been your favorite to work with? <laughs> trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> Not favorite, but most memorable. All of them are memorable. Um, I'm a Nelly fan at heart. I As I mentioned, Nelly on there. On one word. What would one word be for Nelly? <laughs> Fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Nelly fan at heart. Um, I am too. Let's see. I love y'all got it because he he comes with a whole CMG team. Mm -hmm. I'm a bad girl. I love everything bad. Uh, so most memorable. I, I mean, I guess I would have to say first lady Michelle Obama because it's like it's not every day you get to say you've right. been in the same room with her. Mm -hmm. 
That's how you know how, like, a lot of times when people, you know, roll out the bio, whether it's my proclamations or certificates of service from the city, um, Best in Black, TMZ, it's like the first lady. Like, that's kind of like it was a highlight. Mm-hmm. These are stories that I'll be able to tell my children and my children's children one day in articles and different things that I have that I've written. Some things are framed in my home. Mm-hmm. Where they can go back where I freelanced from the commercial appeal and made the front page and just done different things like that. So these are stories that can be passed down as to go in my memory. Uh, I made the statement the other day that a lot of times, you know, people talk about, you know, your legacy. So we have our born date, which we don't control. We have our death date, which we can't control. Okay. But it's that dash. Like, what would be in that dash when it goes down for exclusive Memphis as well as Laquita Jones? What did your mom do in her dash? So I want my dash to be one that has been fulfilling in something that will be memorable so that my children and my children's children can forever hold on to and live on to. Yes. And I know your kids are so proud of you. Oh, they say it, but don't say it. <laughs> I know, like your kid. That's how your kids do that, yeah. right? My mama, you know, when you hear my mama, or mm-hmm. you know, you can Google my mama, you know, things like that. That's mm-hmm. the highlight. And you know, over the years, I have always seen you very involved with your kids, um, even at you know conferences targeted towards kids. Uh, big shout out to Tavis Wade with her doing one of the biggest conferences here in Memphis, and I see that you have a conference coming up. Uh, very soon, Girls, Gifts, and Goals. Tell me, how did this all come about and focus? Uh, so, Girls, Gifts, and Goals was kind of like born from just trying to empower women. I think a lot of times there's been so much stigma put on the word empowerment or empower. So, I wanted to get away from that. So, I wanted to set a platform where women can actually come in and talk about their goals. Um, and how to achieve those goals. A lot of times people make vision boards or they say they have this goal, but what are the steps we're taking to achieve that? So kind of like a step-by-step process, hand-holding. And then the gifts, the Bible says that our talents will make room for us. A lot of people have unhidden talents that they don't even realize that God has blessed them with. Uh, As we mentioned early on, healthcare was my path. But entertainment was also like my second love and my second baby. So I do exclusive Memphis and I do entertainment. Uh, because it is a gift that God has given me. So I want women to be able to unravel their gifts. And, of course, girls is because it's a platform uh, that is for women. So it's actually a panel of four to five uh, hot women that I would call from Memphis and hot in a good way, me on fire uh, in some aspect, whether it's on fire for the Lord or on fire for their businesses. And we put them in a room with other women and allow them to pick their brains two to three hours and kind of pour into them, hopefully that you will leave empowered or more inspired than when you came. So last year was such a hit, we decided to bring it back again this year. Okay, so when is it? Give us the details. Uh, September 23rd at the Litterman Lake Nature Center at 12 p.m. Uh, the panel is going to be starting to be revealed uh, the first week of June. Uh, but we will have four guests again this year, and then we will have a moderator. Now, T. Wade, Tavis Wade is our moderator. Okay. Uh, but the guests are some well-known uh, Memphis people that I think the ladies will actually enjoy. All right. You heard it, Verbally Effective Audience. Make sure you check out Girls, Gifts, and Goals coming September 21st. Uh, I'm sorry, September 23rd. Make sure you check it out. I also see that you have recently been chosen for Forbes magazine for the culture. Congratulations, first of all. And talk to the Verbally Effective Audience about what this honor means. Oh, uh, well, anything that's associated with Forbes is always a big deal because it's uh, name recognition. They have a huge brand. Uh, so it means a lot to be able to be chosen to be among some of the elite and the most prestige in the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are not many of us in the Memphis market or the Memphis area that are um, in that league. 
So I think it's very, you know, major that I was selected. I think it allows me to be able to enter into different rooms and to pick up different gems and jewels, shake hands with different people, uh, and rub shoulders. I think that in turn allows me to come back into the Memphis market to figure out how to make not only exclusive Memphis, but other people that I, whether it's coaching or, you know, doing things for the city of Memphis, what can I do to actually bring that back to the home team and make us better? So mm-hmm. I, I'm very delighted that Forbes actually chose me, and I look forward to just, you know, seeing what it's all about, kind of get my feet wet. Yeah. So does this last, like, is this a partnership, like, for a year, or how does that work? It's by annual. So for two years, okay. I'll be for the Forbes for the Culture. And you're allowed to use all their marketing and things like that. So that allows you to be able to be in a place where you actually can use their material on their stuff. And like I said, with Forbes having name recognition, mm-hmm. it's like one of those things with BT or, you know, you know, essence, you just kind of be in those rooms. Yeah, because Forbes in a whole nother category. Oh. Hello, hello. Is there anyone or, or anything that you would like to do um, by utilizing that Forbes branding, like like something that you haven't done yet that's in your mind that you want to do, that, that Forbes car can help you pull? Oh, uh, not necessarily something that I want to do. I you know, have a relationship with current mayor, uh, Jim Strickland, who's actually on the way out. So the new mayor come in, I think a lot of times entertainment in the city of Memphis, or they call it the arts, is kind of like one of, they call the minority markets. So I, you know, I would like for them to start paying more attention to those types of things uh, and just figure out how we can get you know people in the city who are aspiring this or that and bring them into platforms and places where they can actually express that. I think a lot of times with the schools taking out the different arts programs and different things, kids are not able to express themselves. So I think if you find an avenue, a way for kids uh, to get back into expression stuff, I think that will uh, reduce, uh, if not, you know, eliminate car theft, things like that, because it gives them more of an outlet, yeah. uh, something that's not of cost. Uh, so they can come in and just be like, you know, after school, you start after school programs or the YMCA the kids to go to. Everything now has a price associated with it. So I think if the city can look into maybe getting some type of arts and development in certain zip codes uh, and allowing people like me, uh, my good friend, Drama Board, different people just to come back and tap into the city to be able to work with these people, whether it's producing, uh, they have an ear for the music, whether it's drama and things like that, I think that'll be um, culturally I agree. I agree. Because like you said, they need an outlet. They need a way to express themselves. And why would you take that out of the school system? And it was cost associated. So if the city can put that back in at no cost, I think that'll be pretty dope. So whoever the new mayor will be, because you guys are definitely on the campaign, all 50 of you. (laughs) (laughs) 25. (laughs) 10. About 12. About 12. Okay. I got my eyes on. Look, I I, I thought you said I got my eyes on running for mayor. Oh, no, baby. No, maybe in the future. God ain't showed me that one. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, revelations come and they go and they come and they go. But um, yeah, this uh, mayoral ra- uh, whole race, very interesting. Yes, and yes. I know you know several people that are running. Yes. So, what are your predictions? If you don't want to share, I'm you don't a have Dr. To share. WW girl. You I'm a WW w- girl. W- uh, he's going to be forever my mayor, just like mm-hmm. first lady will be forever my first lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely looking at Paul Young. Paul Young, yes, yes. Yeah, um, and if I had to throw another name out there, I think it's Van Turner. Mm-hmm. Van Turner. So Paul Young, Van Turner, and Mayor Harrison, I think, would be in the top three. And I think 
that's what the gloves and stuff were. Man, Harrington trying to tell them folks get the hell out of my office, man. Right. But see, he has that experience and that training. Yes, and, he does. And Mayor Harrison from South Memphis, so he a little rough mm-hmm. around the edges. So mm-hmm. I think you know, we need a little LLC rough. LLC alum, too. Right. He might have to jump out <laughs> on a couple of scenes himself. Because, <laughs> man, Harrington do be on the scene. <laughs> okay, yes, he does. Laquita, repeat after me. Hey, man, say, man, in your best South Memphis voice. Hey, mine. Say mine. There we go. There we go. There we go. Now, this is a moment of transparency between you and I. And just reflect on your journey when I ask you this question. Um, How have you failed in order to win in the entertainment industry? Failed in order to win. Um, I'm not real big on failures, but more so lessons. I'm one of those people I know when to bow out. So if I've tried certain things, I know when to buy out. Uh, failure, since that this is a, a self-chosen and a self-guided journey, I don't think there's too much failure because I kind of, you know, led the way and wrote, you know, my own path. Uh, so just lessons. I try to take everything as a lesson and what did I learn from there for the next lesson. Uh, I have to be sure to celebrate all my wins. So it can't necessarily be a failure if there was never a blueprint in it. Because I think when I think of promotion and entertainment in Memphis, I don't think anyone has come before me who's done it to the extent that I've done it. Um, so I can't necessarily say there's a failure because it's not a blueprint. Okay, you call them lessons. Lessons. Gotcha. Now, something that you just mentioned, uh, celebrating your wins. As women, I don't know why it's so hard for us to celebrate our wins, to toot our horn, um, and be confident and very vocal about our accomplishments. Do you have issues with that, or no. you're very vocal about? Don't <laughs> get all this work. <laughs> Why do you think that can be a challenge for some women? I think society has placed it where, um, you know, early on women were supposed to be, um, you know, heard and not seen. We kind of mm-hmm. was the pillar behind our husbands. Or, or our significant others. So I think we're women as challenges, and I don't think we think know that we can be twofold and two facets. I'm a mom first. Mm-hmm. I'm Laquita first. And then when that hat comes off, I'm exclusive Memphis. So it's, I think it's like a learning how to balance those things. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of women have not figured out their balance. That's why it's hard for them to actually propel themselves in those lights. I'm pretty sure at Girls, Gifts, and Goals, this is probably something that will be on the agenda. Yes. Because this is something that I'm noticing just, you know, teaching some of the young ladies at Lamorna and College. It's like trying to get them to pull that out and be vocal about it. And even with people my age and in this business. But I want to see more of that. I think social media is assisting with that because uh, women have voice or, you know, young girls have voices now. Whether it's TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, I think they're using their voice. And, you know, on TikTok, even if it's just dancing, they're using their voice. And then if they get, you know, views and likes, it kind of helps assist with whatever that confidence issue may or may not be. Yeah. Are you on TikTok? I'm on TikTok. How do you enjoy TikTok? Look, while we still have it. I ain't TikToking. You ain't TikToking, but you're looking down the timeline. Well, I mean, I use TikTok, but I ain't doing the dances, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit, excuse me, older. But I do use TikToks. I use some of the sounds and things when it comes to promotion for my business and my brand. But uh, I ain't got no two, three steps, no Beyonce yeah. twirls. I ain't got nothing. Yeah, because there's a lot of that it's going a lot. on. It's, I'm, you know, I ain't trying to learn nothing new. <clears throat> it's a lot of fads and uh, trends on there, but it's a lot of information yeah, that I do not see in mainstream media 
coming down my TikTok timeline, which is very interesting to me from a global standpoint. Yeah. I use it actually also for shopping, finding deals. And you can, <laughs> yes, it's because it's like, it's like tricks. almost, okay, I'm on my phone looking at TikTok. They can dig into your brain. And like they know, know what you're thinking. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're trying to get rid of it. It'd be something new, different. Yeah, because in Montana, they just the governor just announced that there will be no TikTok in the state of Montana. So TikTok is already trying to yeah. appeal that. Yeah. I was mentioning that to one of my clients. A lot of times people get stuck in social media with their businesses, be it Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If all these platforms was to go away, how do you tap in with your audience? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not building their audience. Um, one of the luxuries that Exclusive Memphis has when working with clients with marketing and branding is we have a social media list. Well, not social media, we have an email list. Mm-hmm. So with our email list, we're able to do e-blasts and different things of that sort. That's very um, important. That puts us right in front of who our yeah. target audience is. And like it's 98% Memphis. And it's like 40,000 uh, e-blasts. That's that a built big list, years. girl. You've been exactly. building that for 11 exactly. years. Exactly. Because people are on their phones Always. 24-7, and they're going to check that email. Correct. And that's how that's a direct way to connect with your audience. Exactly. Because social media could be gone tomorrow. That's what and I'm trying what to tell you. Tell them, Brandon Marketing. Tap in. <laughs> <laughs> Tap in. Any advice for someone um, that's in the business of branding and marketing, trying to get, you know, off of their feet, Um and need some focus because um, you've seen the industry change and evolve. You know, what is some good advice for someone getting into that industry? For entertainment? Entertainment, branding, marketing. I know you. that's, that's your yeah. focus. Well, branding and marketing with any business, I think you have to figure out what sets yourself apart um, from anyone else, number one. And then number two, realize that we all have competitors in everything we do. Um, you know, the bread company, there are three, four, five different types of bread. But I think what is this issue apart from what other people are doing? I also think that people, uh, when I'm working with branding, they have not determined what their brand voice is. Like, how do you solve the problem? Uh, you have a product or you have a service. Well, what problem do you solve? I think once you determine what problem is you solve, you're able to get in front of who your market is and who your uh, consumers are. Uh, I think uh, back to, you know, my faith base, Habakkuk 2 and 2 says, write the vision and make it plain. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have gotten away from writing. We just wake up and we go do. Like, mm-hmm. how, write it down. What are the steps to get there? Who should I connect with? Uh, people should cross-promote. Um, networking from COVID has kind of become a thing of a past. It's slowly coming back around. But I think people have to get in the rooms, as the old, you know, political candidates would say. You have to um, kiss babies and shake hands. I think you have to go out there and you have to do the work and then come back and determine, does that work for you and what is your why? So I think once you determine what your why is, why you're doing it, who you, what problem it solves and who you're helping, I think that helps you to develop and be able to tweak your brand. Uh, people have to learn when to walk away. Like, if it's not working, what is the next level? Uh, so many people jump into so many things so fast, but they have not done homework. And then I think people need to re- remember to always respect the veterans, the people that came before them. If you respect those people, you'll always go back and you'll be able to get gems and jewels and you'll admire them. So even going back to, like, the basketball days, you know, everybody respected Jordan, whether mm-hmm. it was a LeBron or a Kobe Everybody kind of went, you know, we watched Jordan films or we watched Jordan do this. So people study films. So study the people that have come before you mm-hmm. and see what they've done. Um, and then for the Memphis market, I would tell people who I work with in the Memphis market to tap outside of Memphis. 
in terms of what are they doing in other markets, L.A. and Atlanta. Uh, those cities are way ahead of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So find out what the other people in your same industry are doing in other markets and how you can bring it to your market and make it different. Great advice, great advice. And something that you stated, um, other markets are way ahead of Memphis. However, Memphis is such, you know, um, I think that Memphis is such a gem in itself. What do you feel sets Memphis apart from these larger markets? And what is Memphis missing that will get us, you know, ahead of the game? I think leadership in Memphis is one of our downfalls and not in a bad way but just leadership has not tapped into those same gyms that I just given like as leaders of this city go to those bigger cities and you know have conversations with those different mayors and uh, political people there to figure out what they're doing to move ahead I think with all the changes that we see in the downtown area I think we're making progress but I think we still have a lot uh, longer way to go I do think with like the Memphis Grizzlies having a lot of momentum here recently mm -hmm. um, those things are kind of highlighting the city uh, and then you have certain cities that there are certain things you can go to and you can't get anywhere else Memphis is unique whether it's from Bill Street or whether it's from barbecue or from chicken those are things that you cannot get um, anywhere else. So we're different in a sense, but we're behind in terms of uh, more larger platform things that we could have as far as like entertainment. Mm -hmm. um, I think, we, again, back to the political, we have to get a hold of the crime because you won't, yes. you know, again, like I said, with Exclusive Memphis, my whole thing was starting was to show people that this is a great place to work, play, and live. Mm -hmm. So once we get a hold to the crime, I think people would be more excited or more interested in coming to work in Memphis, play in Memphis, and even consider living. So I think we have to get a hold of the economics and as well as the development of the city. Yes, and how do we get a hold of that crime? Um, you know, just thinking of ways we could be more proactive. I think a lot of it starts with the kids. Yeah. We have to be proactive. Yeah. We got to get those minds, you know, gearing in other directions. Being that I raised silver children, um, you know, the children's minds are always all over the place. So we have to redirect their energy. So, you know, they have no conflict resolution. Is that something that needs to be placed in the school? They have no outlets. And then yeah. you have to also remember that, you know, because I come from a household where there was a lack of, we have to figure out how in the school system we can provide and we can tap into those children that don't have role models or people that they can necessarily look into uh, when they go home and, you know, start the balance there. Yeah, because a lot of that is still it's going that, on. It's very prevalent. Yeah. Wow. Well, Aquita Jones, you are indeed a Memphis legend out here, okay, with exclusive Memphis. I want you to let the verbally effective audience know how they can continue to follow your journey. Okay. Uh, well, of course, the blog still exists at exclusivememphis.com, no e. And you can always follow my journey, my day-to-day, -day, and what's happening in and around Memphis at Exclusive Memphis on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, again, that's no E, X-C-L-U-S-I-V-E-M-E-M-P-H-I-S. Thank you, ladies, so much. Any last words you would like to say before we depart on the podcast? No, I just want, well, you know, make sure that, you know, from a female standpoint, I always say that statistically uh, I'm not even supposed to be here. Team parent zip code there was a lot of ways that I feel like I was counted out before I was ever given a chance so I think we have to uh, find out ways that we can count ourselves back in and you know think that there's never something that we can invent you know if you had told me 11 years ago that I would be running the entertainment company 
and would be well connected with so many great people. I wouldn't have believed it. So, you know, choose your own path, take that path for yourself, and just always know that the sky is limit and do not allow your zip code to define you. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate you so much, Laquita. We have learned so much about you and your journey today on a verbally effective podcast. And the sky's the limit, like you say, like more good news to come from exclusive Memphis. And make sure you guys tap into her upcoming conference in September, September 23rd, Girls, Gifts, and Goals. I think that's going to be really nice. And once again, congratulations to you for Forbes for the culture. I'm really excited to see what comes of that. Thank you. Yes. Look, you and how many other people we have in Memphis? About four more? Five five total? total. Uh Yes. I'm very excited to see that partnership with Forbes. But thank you so much, Laquita Jones, for coming on the podcast today. I will check back in with you all once again. Shout out to Laquita Jones, the founder of Exclusive Memphis. Be sure to tap in. I'll see you guys next week.